What if I told you that I can offer you the things that you want? According to research, your generation, they, you guys want uh, certain things. You, you want to have a foolproof life. You're going to want to see through things through the right filter. And I can promise you these things if you just heed some instruction. I can promise you some happiness. I can promise you family. I can promise you friends. I can promise you health. And I can promise you knowledge. And the thing is, God does promise those same things. Now, some of you might be sharpening your swords and pitchforks, thinking that I'm speaking of some prosperity gospel, but it's not really what you think it is. God does promise a form of happiness, a form of a family, friends, health, knowledge, but again, it's not what the world or what we might expect. But he says, in order to get this, you must follow my wisdom. So in turn, if we ignore this wisdom, it would be foolish because these are the things that you want. You, your generation wants happiness. Your generation wants family and friends and health. And not, I mean, we, I want that. And God says, if you follow my instructions, you can have that. So it'd be foolish for us to ignore that. But also, as we turn to Proverbs 5, uh, verses 1 through 6, we will see if we ignore the wisdom... We'll also not only not get what we want, we'll fall into a trap that we don't want to be in and a trap that we won't be able to escape from. So if you want to have a foolproof life, True North, this is what we need to do. We need to hold on and grab onto God's wisdom. We need to hold on to and grab onto it and take God's wisdom and filter through life. And through that, we'll be able to see the trap that sin is trying to lay before us on a daily basis and we will be able to see the path of life that God wants us to be on. So turn with me to uh, Proverbs chapter 5. We're going to read through six verses. But let's start, obviously, in verse number 1. It says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Oops, sorry about that. Be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion, and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of, of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, and her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. Solomon Pastor Ron said last week, is trying to pass on his wisdom and knowledge to his son, maybe Ray Boehm, maybe to one of his many sons. But he's trying to pass down this knowledge and his wis this wisdom so that his son may follow it. Because he knows if his son ignores this wisdom, and if we ignore this wisdom, there's going to be deadly consequences. And now I, I see you in here. I see that you want to live because you're here right now, you're dressed, you're, you're here, you're ready to go. Maybe by here by force or here by you, your own volition, but regardless, you're here, you want to live. So let's find out how we can live. 
Go back to verse number one. He says, my son, be attentive. The first way we do is to be attentive. We pay attention. We give our full attention to who? To what? My wisdom. Not to our, your wisdom, not to my wisdom, not to the world's wisdom, but to my wisdom, God, Solomon's wisdom. In turn, it's gonna be God's wisdom because, think about this, who gave Solomon wisdom? It was God, right? Because remember, Solomon asked God for wisdom to rule his nation, and God gave it to him. So Solomon's wisdom is God's wisdom. And so he's saying, hey, be attentive to my wisdom, to God's wisdom. And then he says, incline your ear. Incline my ear, pay attention. Listen, perk your ear a little bit to learn my understanding, God's understanding. But why? Why should we even do this? We'll talk about this later, but why is a good question. Why should we do this? Because you may keep discretion, meaning you will be able to, you'll know what to do and not to do at any given moment if you have God's wisdom. And furthermore, your lips, which we'll get back to later in the sermon, your lips, remember that part, your lips may guard knowledge. You'll know what to say and when not to say it. So you'll know what to do, you'll know what to say, you'll know how to live if you follow his wisdom. And so God is offering life. Why should we not choose it? So that is point number one. Point number one is choose wisdom if you want to live. If you want to live, choose wisdom. Now, I phrased it this way because in 1984, a very famous movie came out and it started a series of movies that probably should end because Rotten Tomatoes says so, but during their, their rotten you know, movie grading. Um, but a very famous line came out. It's been parodied on. It's been used in every movie. It's, come with me if you want to live. It's from The Terminator, and it came out in 1984. By the way, that's a really dated movie. But this famous line came when Arnold Schwarzenegger, the former governor of our state, by the way, FYI, that happened. He was a murdering ro uh, robot from the future. And some lady character in the movie was running away. She has no idea what's going on. And some guy in the future says, hey, come with me if you want to live. So she goes, all right, murdering robot, life. Murdering robot, I, it's an easy choice for her. She's like, I'm gonna choose you. I don't know who you are, but I want to live. I don't wanna get murdered by this crazy, you know, Aust Austrian looking Terminator robot thing. I don't wanna die. So. The thing is, it's a simple choice that's laid before us. Choose wisdom if you want to live. If you truly want to live, which you're communicating to me by being here, just being alive, you want to be alive. So here, choose wisdom if you want to live. But the first thing we need to do is that we think, we sometimes think we're way too smart. Sometimes we think we are wise. But the thing is, the first thing we need to do in order to choose wisdom is that we need to reject our own wisdom. Reject your, our own your wisdom. And also you can add in rejecting the, the world's wisdom. And, and why? Because as we're reading the book of Job, in Job 37 verse 24, talks about that God doesn't even regard any who are wise in their own conceit. So if you think you're all that and smart and figured it out, God's laughing at you going, no, you don't. And that's what the book of Job is partially about. His friends, that the reason why they sound right because they're, they are right and wrong. They're, there's geniuses. Job's friends, they're geniuses. They're smart. They're the, 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 the pinnacle of wisdom of the world. And they still cannot figure it out without divine revelation. We need divine revelation. We need God's wisdom. Paul takes it further in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He challenges the world, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the, the debater of the age? Has not God made him foolish 
the wisdom of the world. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. God's wisdom is far greater than our own. Just because we might be in AP classes or passing AP classes, just because you might be better with a computer, just because you might be building things, building things in your garage, building robots, building cars, whatever it is, just because you might be more knowledgeable with how to use social media than your parents or, the, or your leaders or how you'd be able to use your phone and technology, it doesn't matter because in the end, we are not smarter than our creator. Our creator is much smarter and much more wise than we could ever be. So the first thing we need to do, we need to reject our own wisdom. And, and because we need to accept his wisdom, we need to, second thing is, to be fully attentive to God's teaching. Be fully attentive to God's teaching. Now, if I got all of you say, hey, you know, I have a stack of quarters. I want you to count them for the next 24 hours and let me know how much you count. And I'm gonna grade you to see how close you were. Like, so you'll turn it in, I'll count them, and I'll see how close your count is. You're gonna, I really don't care. I really don't count for quarters for 24 hours. But if I said for a million dollars, would you do it? You might do it. There's actually a show, by the way, called Awake. It's on Netflix. It's very interesting. That's what they do. They count quarters for 24 hours and they try to guess how much they actually counted, and they compare it to how much they really counted, and if, and if they get close enough, they win a million bucks. You would be paying very much attention, no matter how tired you may be. You give a lot, you would sacrifice a lot just so that you can count quarters correctly to win a million dollars. And that's what Jesus is trying, Solomon is trying to say, what Jesus is trying to say in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, is says, he who I hears, he who has ears, let him hear. Pay attention, be attentive. Listen to Pastor Otto when he's preaching. Put things aside. Listen to your small group leaders when they're trying to lead in small groups or trying to call you and lead you in life. This might hurt. Listen to your parents who are trying to build you up in godly wisdom. Be attentive to God's teaching, but in order to do that, we need to sacrifice. So that's the third thing we need to do. We need to put things aside to make room to learn. When y'all wanna know how to do something, we, what would we do? We'd go on YouTube and look up a do-it-yourself video, right? How do I fix my kitchen sink? Do it yourself. How do I fix my phone? Do, you know, YouTube. How do I fix the thing in my room, my computer? YouTube. But there's things on YouTube that cannot, there's things on YouTube, YouTube can't teach us everything. But we need to put things aside. For example, I learned that your generation and my generation, the millennials and Gen Z, we spend about three hours on YouTube a day. And we spend about two to three hours on Instagram. And we spend about an hour on TikTok. And also, I mean, that's not including the hours we binge watch, you know, The Mandalorian in one sitting or All Lord of the Rings, which, I love Lord of the Rings, but you know, been watching all of those, whatever show it is, or wasting time just sleeping. We need to sacrifice things. In order for us to actually learn, we need to remove things in our lives and to sacrifice them in order to learn. We need to put, sometimes we need to put the fun aside. It's okay to play video games. It's okay to be on YouTube. It's okay to be on Instagram. It's okay to watch shows, depending on the show. But we need to sometimes put that aside in order to learn wisdom so that we can have life. If, so if you're gonna make a sacrifice, you're, you're gonna wanna know why. And why is a great question. Right now, you're, you're growing out of adolescence and into manhood and womanhood. You're growing up. And that's what the, I love about high school ministry. That's what Pastor Rod loves uh, and his wife Kristen and my wife uh, Candace and Abby and all these leaders in here. We love helping shaping you into the adults of the future. But, because you're growing out of adolescence, meaning you learn what to do, and it's like, all right, I have to do it, and I do this because I'm told so, but now you have to understand why. Because when's the last time you asked why? 
And this is, by the way, the fourth thing. Know why you want God's wisdom. Because when you know why, you're gonna, be, you're, you're gonna sacrifice the fun things that you enjoy. If you know why, you're gonna willingly give it up. Because when's the last time you asked yourself, why do I do the things that I do? Like, I know my day, I know my routine, I, like, I know the things I like, but why do I like that? I know you probably asked your parents, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do this chore? But here's the thing. Have you asked the question, why does God command the things that he commands? And not in a snarky, uh, backhanded way that we tend to ask, right? No, it's a genuine question because if you know why God commands the things that he commands, then you might even do them because you know the reasons behind it. And he gives gives us the reasons right here. Why should you be attentive? Why should you incline your heart? Why? So you can keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. You'll know what to do and you know what to say. That's why you should. If you wanna know what to do when you see the, the girl, the guy that you like and you wanna ask them out or be asked out by them, you'll know if you have God's word in your heart and your God's wisdom, you'll know to, if you need to say yes or do you need to say no. If, you know what, if you're wondering what jobs you pursue, what jobs you should apply for, again, if you have God's wisdom, you'll know which ones to choose and which ones not to choose. What about school and colleges? Some of you are gonna be graduating this next year. What schools do I go to? Some of you applied to like 50 schools. I'm like, why? Just choose two. But if you don't know which ones, again, if you have God's wisdom, you can say, all right, I don't need these ones, but I can choose these ones, if you have God's wisdom. Or when someone wrongs you or hurts you, you know what to do and know what to say when you get hurt really badly. Or, lastly, what about this coming election season? What about the activism going on? What about Black Lives Matter? What about Donald Trump? What about poverty? What about racism? What about the conflicts in the world? By the way, do you know that India and China are having a skirmish war right now? What do you do? But if you have the wisdom of God, you'll know what to do and what to say and what to put your hope in. And once you actually accept God's wisdom, you reject our own, and we accept God's, you'll be able to see things a little more clearly. You'll be able to hear that wisdom is trying to warn us of something. Go back down to verse three, chapter five in Proverbs. The warning is this. For the woman, for the lips of the forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech are smoother than oil. The lips, again, I told you the lips are gonna come back. It's the compare and contrast. If you notice in, in the wisdom literature, wisdom's crying out in the streets and so is Madam Folly. You might hit the next slide for me, guys. It's, my clicker's not working. So the f- lips of the forbidden woman, the lips, again, our lips are supposed to guard knowledge. Her lips ooze with honey. And the forbidden woman is not just, it's not women. So don't put that on the ladies here, guys. That's wrong. The forbidden woman is just an analogy for sin. It's just what sin looks like and feels like. It drips honey. It's enticing. It's sweet. Also, sin, her speech is smoother than oil. It's like that lotion you might put on on a, on a daily basis or the the smooth shirts that you might wanna wear. It's smoother than that. Sin feels good and tastes good. And this is what Solomon, and this is what wisdom is trying to warn us of. So when someone's trying to warn us, we should not ignore it. So this is point number two. Don't ghost wisdom's warnings. Don't ghost them. Wisdom's crying out. He's saying, listen to me, pay attention. Sin feels good and looks good. Don't ignore me. Some of us, I mean, probably all of us in this room, at one point, we're doing something that we weren't supposed to. 
our parents asked us to be here at a certain, back at a certain time to come home, but instead, we get this phone call from our parents, we see this image pop up, and we just really wanna hit decline. Because we just wanna ghost them. Like, I don't wanna hear another lecture. I wanna do what I wanna do. I wanna keep on surfing. I wanna keep on hanging with my friends. I wanna go to that place. So I'm gonna ghost my parents, be like, oh, sorry, Mr. Call. No, wisdom is saying, don't ghost me. Because I have warnings to tell you. I met a, I met a man a month ago, my friend Ryan, and unfortunately, he ghosted wisdom's calling. And for Ryan and for us in here, it can start slowly, but eventually that sin's gonna ensnare us, right? It's gonna trap us in. So here is the first warning that we need to understand is that warning, sin tastes and feels good. Sin tastes and feels good. Now I know I eat things that have zero nutritional value. I know things that if I keep eating them, I'll just keep growing and I will be very unhealthy in 50 years. But it doesn't matter. McDonald's fries taste delicious. Oreos are amazing. Skittles are my favorite candy. Lucky Charms are my favorite cereal. Why? Because they're made to taste good and they're made, honestly, to be a little bit addictive. They use sugar, which our body loves and gets addicted to. But I know they're not good for me. And I have to say no sometimes. And for my friend Ryan, it just started small. It just started with a little bit of vape, a little bit of weed, and a little bit of a bad relationship. I got, when I got to talk to him, I hear a story. Solomon is trying to warn us. He's trying to warn us that his sin tastes good. He's trying to say that, hey, gossiping tastes good. When you hear that juicy story of that broken relationship maybe in True North, it tastes good to talk about it. You know, it, it feels good to get attention no matter how we, how we dress, how we act, how we joke. It feels good to get that selfish attention. Or, or the complaining, complaining feels good because people reaffirm you're complaining, right? But saying crude jokes feels good when people laugh at us. Our, our, when, when we let out anger against our parents, and for the, some of you in here who are very political, letting out against the, the politicians, or against Trump, or against the activists out there. It feels good. Our laziness feels good. It feels good to take a nap instead of doing the things that we need to do. It feels good to not care. Why should I care? I'm just gonna kick back, cross my arms, not pay attention, not do anything right now. I'm gonna be apathetic. I'm not gonna care. It feels good. It also feels good to procrastinate, right? To put things off, play the little video game, the video games a little bit longer, to stay on social media a little bit longer, to watch that last video, and it feels good. And this is the second warning. The second warning is sin does not let go. You're not gonna just complain once. You're not gonna tell one, just one crude joke. You're not gonna just procrastinate once. You're not gonna just be apathetic just once in your life. You're not gonna be lazy just once, uh, try to take attention just once. You're not gonna lust just once. It's going to trap us in, True North. We have to heed this warning. It's like a bug zapper drawing us in until we get electrocuted and then we die. And for my friend Ryan, it started off with weed, but then he just got out of, I met, when I met him, he just got out of rehab for meth. And for him, it just started off with a you know, messing around relationship to a, he has a child in Arizona that he can't see because he lost custody. And by the way, he's only 20. Sin does not want to let us go. You might not be Ryan when you're 20. Maybe Ryan when you're 80, 90, when it's still, it's gonna be too late. Solomon writes this again, it warns us again in Ecclesiastes 7.26, Ecclesiastes 7.26. He says that something more bitter than death is this, 
the, is the woman whose heart is snares and nets and traps us in. He who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. And again, the her being sin. Those who love God are able to avoid sin, but those who love sin won't be able to avoid her. You won't, we won't be able to stop, so we have to run away. Because here's the third warning. The third warning is this. You and I aren't safe. We are not safe. We are not safe behind the orange curtain. You are not safe. It doesn't matter if you go to public school, private school, or if you're homeschooled. Sin does not care about us. It doesn't care about your name, your gender, your status in life. Sin wants to take us down. Not just to death, but to hell itself. With much seductive speech, sin wants to persuade us. It's gonna have smooth talk, and we're just gonna follow it. We're gonna follow sin like an ox to the slaughter. Or like, a, or like a bird that rushes into his snare. Because we are not gonna know that's gonna cost us our lives. We don't understand that gossiping is, is gonna hurt, you know, hurt our relationships and how we're seeking our attention for ourselves is gonna hurt us and kill us. And how we're complaining and crude joking is gonna hurt us. Or how we're letting out our anger or just being lazy and apathetic or self-idolizing and procrastinating, how it's gonna hurt us. It's gonna escalate. It's not gonna stop. From my, friend, from my friend Ryan, it didn't stop. I, know, I have another friend who I went to public school with who died of a drug overdose. There's plenty of stories of Christian private schools of, of, students, of, of students your age doing things. But for Ryan, guess what? He was homeschooled here in South Orange County. So don't think you're safe just because you're homeschooled at a private school or in a godly home. Sin does not care. It will take us down but praise God there's a remedy. Praise God there's a solution. It's called the gospel. The, fear, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Understanding that our sin deserves God's wrath, right? We deserve God's wrath, and we should fear God for that. But thankfully, it doesn't end there. The story continues with Jesus Christ. God himself comes down, takes on the cross, takes on God's wrath for us. And all we have to do is to reject ourselves and trust in him. That's it. We don't have to earn it. We just have to trust in it, right? And then we get to be free. And then we get to have God's wisdom. And then we get to see sin for what it is. Even though it tastes good and feels good, we know it's not true and it's not good, it's, it's poison. We can see that, but we have to first repent and trust in Christ. Because when we understand the remedy, we'll be able to, to be able to see the warnings more clearly. So this is the fourth sub-point. Here's the remedy. Understand that God is sweeter than honey. Remember the, the woman's lips, they drip honey? In, in Psalm 19, it's a great psalm, by the way, you should try to put it in the memory, that says the law of the Lord is sweeter than honey, sweeter than the drippings of the honeycomb. You have to see, you and I, we have to see that God is sweeter than sin. It is sweeter to have healed relationships than broken, to be selfless rather than to be selfish. It's better to be uh, good rather than evil, to follow after God rather than to reject God. We have to see that he is sweeter than honey, but we have to think long-term. Like Pastor Rod said so well last weekend, it's like we can either have that McDonald's cheap meal or we can wait for that delicious like $200 steak. Which one are we not gonna choose, True North? Are we gonna choose the short-term pleasures or are we gonna do the long-term? But the way to do that is to make sure we're in this. 
we're in this daily. We're tearing it apart. Not, you know, physically, not ripping out the pages. No, you're, you're, you're digesting this. You're reading this. Get a good study Bible. Ask your leader. Get, learn how to read this. Don't read it just for a check mark. Read, learn how to read it reverently, uh, prayerfully, how to see it and how to apply it in our lives. Ask your, uh, your, your leader about partners to be taught how to read the Bible. Push yourself on how to read God's word. Read it daily. Memorize it because when you do, you'll begin to see that God is sweeter than any honey out there. And with God's wisdom, we'll be able to see the trueness of sin. If you go back to Proverbs verses four through six, it continues that even though that the woman's lips are sweet, in reality, she is bitter as wormwood. Wormwood is just a plant that's it's bitter. They would use it as medicine to like kill worms in your digestive system. So if you got worms down there, you try to kill it. So it's a very bitter plant. So in reality, she's just bitter. And she's sharp as a two-edged sword, aka she's deadly. She'll kill you. Her feet go down to death. Her steps go down to the, uh, follow the path of Sheol. Sheol just being another way of saying, well, this is where the dead go. You know, the underworld per se. But not like the underworld like you think of like Hercules the cartoon, not that one. Her past, they always lead to death. All of our sin leads to death and to the second death, which is hell. And not, not only that, sin does not ponder the way of life. It doesn't care about us. What does sin care about? It just wants us to wander. It wants us to wander, to waste our time, to watch, to watch the things that we watch, to keep doing what we wanna do, waste our time before it's too late and we're done. God's called us. And we won't know it. The thing is, we need God's wisdom. Our eyes cannot see sin correctly. Even so, actually, in 2 Corinthians, it says that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. The Satan says, look at me, I'm good. In reality, we need a filter to see Satan for who he truly is, to see sin for what it is. So point number three, put this down. Use wisdom's filter to view life. Use wisdom's filter to view life. For some of those you know, I hate peanut butter with a passion. I really hate nuts, to be honest. I really don't like them. They taste nasty. I like pistachios, that's really it. But I, people try to, oh, have you tried my peanut butter brownie recipe? I'm like, yes, I, I don't like it. I put barely in it, I'm like, yeah, I can taste it. It tastes nasty, I'm sorry. I, I mean, no offense to people out there. Peanut butter cookies, doesn't matter. My taste is so refined that I can still taste the nuts in this false chocolate called Nutella. Nutella is a wolf in sheep's clothing. It is good. I can still taste it, though. And so it's actually the one thing I can actually bear. But if you have a hazelnut allergy, if you have a peanut allergy, it turns out you might be okay, but don't, no, no, don't push your limits. But if you have a hazelnut allergy, this could be bad. And so if you go to a restaurant and order chocolate milk, because you know what? Chocolate milk is delicious. I'm just putting it out there. I love chocolate milk a little too much. But... If they put Nutella, which some restaurants, by the way, put Nutella as their ingredient for chocolate milk, and you have a hazelnut allergy, you have no idea this could be deadly. So you need to be able to see, is this chocolate milk good? Or is this chocolate milk, false chocolate milk? Nutella chocolate milk. But we need to use God's, uh, we need to use wisdom's filter to see some, see some several things. Firstly, you need to see that wisdom's filter, we need to use wisdom's filter to see that sin truly tastes Bitter. This is set point A right here. Set point A. Use wisdom's filter to see that sin truly tastes bitter and deadly. If you give you a bottle of Gatorade blue liquid, you assume, oh, this is like 
the blue, cru blue crush flavor, right? I'm like, no, actually, it's antifreeze. It looks the same. It actually turns out tastes pretty sweet, and it'll kill you. So you have to, you and I have to pay attention. We have to make sure, what, are we drinking poison, or is this good? Because we go back to the things that we like, we have to understand that just because gossiping feels good, it really, it, 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 it kills relationships. You won't be trusted anymore. And if you just try to seek attention, how you dress, how you joke, how you act, people are not gonna take you seriously. If you, all you do is complain, no one's gonna like you. You're gonna be surrounded by just, just complainers. If you just love telling crude joking, no one's gonna listen to you. And furthermore, in this cancel culture, you probably won't have a job. If you just continue to lust and not stop, it's gonna come out physically in some form. If you let out your anger, it's, it could get physical, it could escalate that, and now you have a broken relationship with people you love. If you're lazy, you're not gonna get hired. If you're apathetic, you, you'll lose people because they'll feel like you don't love them back, you don't care about them. And if you procrastinate, no one's gonna wanna hire you. So this is one of the reasons, these are the surface level reasons why we need to follow wisdom. We need to see that these things that may feel good in reality are deadly. But secondly, we need to also see that sin just wants to drag us down. That's the second subpoint. Sin wants to drag us down. It's like that fish, it's called an angler fish, by the way, in Finding Nemo, the little light. They're like, oh, is this my conscience speaking? And it's like, I just wanna touch it. And it's like they're trying to grab this light, and all of a sudden it's like this terrifying, horrible-looking monster of a fish called an angler fish, by the way, now you know that. And that's what sin is, it's enticing. It's just like, oh, this, feels, this looks good and fun. And then boom, we're eaten by it, we're consumed by it, we're, we're killed by it. That's what sin wants to do. It just wants to, it's, its steps lead to death. Its steps lead down to Sheol. Its goal in life is to cause pain, disease, strife, quarrels, divisions, violence, oppression, ingratitude. It wants to do all this. Why? So it can mare and spoil and destroy God's creation. Sin wants this room to hate each other. Sin wants us to, to divide this room many times over. Sin wants nothing good. But on the other hand, what does God want? We can use wisdom's filter to see that what does God want? God wants to, to refresh you. That's the third subpoint. God wants to refresh you. In Proverbs chapter three, verse eight, it says, if you follow God's wisdom, it'll be refreshing to your bones. Isn't that, doesn't that what the gospel does? Isn't the gospel like that fresh, you know, fresh like nice cold, ice cold cup of water on a hot summer day like today? It tastes good because it refreshes you. It heals you from the sin, our sin, that, that poisoned our bodies. But we also need to see, use the filter for the fourth subpoint: that sin wants to wear us out. God wants to refresh you. Sin wants to wear you out. It does not ponder the way of life. Her ways wander. If you ever notice, if you ever see videos of lions or. Uh, hyenas trying to take on a Cape Buffalo or a, or a rhino. The rhino outweighs a lion by like several times over, right? If you notice, the lion will never take it head on. What do they do? The lions surround it and just nip, right? Nip, nip, nip. They try to make it go in circles. Bigger, stronger, but eventually it'll tire and eventually the lions will kill it. That's what sin's gonna do. It's gonna nip at you. It's not gonna take you head on sometimes. It's just gonna nip a little there, Little there and little there. We need to use God's wisdom to see that no matter how much we want 
to gossip, how much we want to say the screw jokes, how we want to, want to get our attention. We have to see that sin is trying to nip at us, but the gospel is the one that sets us free. Through Christ, we can finally take off the burdens of our sin and put on the righteousness of Christ. And this, this, this is the last thing, is that God wants to heal you. We need to see, use wisdom's filter to see that God wants to heal us. Back in Proverbs 3.8, if you follow wisdom, if you follow the wisdom, if you, the beginning of knowledge, knowledge is fearing the God, if you fear God for the, his wrath that you and I deserve, but then you trust in the hope that it's Christ, you will be healed. Not just physically, but spiritually. And for eternity, you will be healed. And then the gospel reverses that list. Instead of apathetic, you'll love. Instead of gossip, you'll build up. Instead of calling for attention, you'll be selfish and help, helping others get the attention. Instead of saying crude joking, you'll be saying things that are sweet and honorable. The gospel reverses all this. It reverses our broken relationships, our broken families, and our broken lives. Because I did promise you, God wants you to be happy, and God will give you joy. It's just not a joy like these guys have for winning revival. It's bigger joy than this. It's a joy that we have for being saved through his son. It's knowing that we can be, have joy in the time of COVID-19 during the elections. We can have joy because we have God's wisdom, because we know that we have eternity with him. And I promise you that God said that you will have a family. And guess what? You will have a family. A family that you will be able to spend in eternity. A family that's not just blood. It's been paid and covered by the blood of Christ. So you get to have a family. I didn't lie to you. And also you get to have friends. You get to have friends that will build you up. That will Friends that will encourage you to go share the gospel in Utah. To be able to encourage you to be able to fight sin. To keep God's wisdom in focus. You can have that if you choose God's wisdom. You'll also be a healthy You'll have spiritual health, not just physical health. You may never be physical healthy again, but you can have spiritual health. Spiritual health that will help you get through any hard times, but you need to follow God's wisdom. The wisdom of the world will think this is foolish, but the wisdom of God will see that this fills me up. And I promise you knowledge, because God will give you knowledge if you follow his wisdom, maybe to a point where maybe you might be preaching up here one day. Or maybe you will be leading someone to the gospel one day. Or maybe you will be leading small groups one day. Or maybe you will have the knowledge. But again, the knowledge is not our knowledge. It's not mathematics. It's not physics. It's not literature. It's not language, which those things are from God. We can talk about that in small groups maybe. But we can have true knowledge. And the first is that we need to fear God, but then also trust him for this, our own salvation. And the knowledge that he promises us eternity if we submit to his wisdom which is the cross. That wisdom shames the wisdom of this world. And that wisdom gives us life. So true north, let's have a foolproof life. Let's grab onto wisdom and let's not let go. Or you can cross your arms and not care and just wait to I pray and say you're dismissed. And you'll be just led into a trap maybe like Ryan or some other way, please don't ignore wisdom's call. Please pray with me.